0: Welcome to the old school food freedom podcast, brought to you by your friends at Finding Balance. I'm your host, Chrissy Kirkman. On this show, we kick it as old school as it gets with how God created us to live free from dieting, food rules, and body shape. Ready to replace the old soundtrack of cultural lies with biblical truth? Let's start with this You don't have to be trapped by food struggles, you were created to be free. God adores you and wants you to experience the fullness of life without body hatred or bondage to dieting. The time is now to take a step toward the life you were created for. We're so glad you're here with us today. Let's get into today's episode. Hey, Tracy, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, Chrissy, thank you so much for having me. It's good to see you you again.
0: Yeah, it's good to see you too. So before we get into all the good fun stuff, I'm going to tell our listeners a little bit about you. Um, So this is Tracy Brown. Tracy is a trauma-informed nutrition therapist, eating disorder, dietitian, stress recovery coach, and nutrition counseling skills teacher. She walks beside people who want to heal their relationship with food and weight and feel safer and less stressed in their bodies. Her testimony of recovery from eating disorders, trauma, and the new age is meant to bring glory to God's mercy and grace. Since 2006, she has guided people one-on-one and in groups in healing from disordered eating and chronic dieting, many of which also have other stress-related conditions. Tracy also provides trauma-informed and body image training and supervision to help professionals. Tracy, I'm glad you're here. I'm so excited to get into this topic that is hard and relatable and needed. We need to discuss this stuff. So um, before we get into that, though, we like to kick off our show with a question of what old school item from back in the day do you miss? I did think about this because you asked me beforehand and... You know what I miss?
1: I remember loving so much. You know, we have our phones for our music and for everything. But I loved having my little red Walkman with the little kind of half dollar size little, you know, um, earphones. Yes. It just made me so happy. I was trying to think of something that was simple that I thought it was I got it had it going on. You know, to have that little Walkman that yeah. you put a tape in and you can do the radio the three radio stations you could get and um right. how sweet and simple that was. I know that's not um off the charts, but there's something just, you guys, you had your own little space with whatever you wanted to do and listen to. And it was
0: yours. And that was nice. Yeah. It was nostalgic. You could just bebop yeah. around with, your, yeah. with, and it's kind of like it had the foamy covers on mm-hmm. the headphones, the earphones. Yeah.
1: Now that I'm talking about it, I'll just do a little addition. I don't know if y'all ever did this, but, um, my parents had the, um, the The stereo system that was huge, the big two speakers, the speakers on each side with the big metal thing. You had to have furniture to contain it. Oh yeah, with the little rate right record on it. And on Sunday mornings, I would put the the what was the country top whatever on. You know, on Sunday mornings, and push record with two fingers, record and right. play on your to record the country countdown.
0: That yes. was fun.
1: Yes. and Oh good. You know, I know if you didn't listen to that, you had other music too, but that was like what you live, look forward to oh. all week. So that's fun too.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's very nostalgic. I, I really liked old school country. That reminds me of my grandparents and mm-hmm. growing up. Oh, so sweet. That's a good memory. Well, I don't know how you transition from that into the topic of trauma. It's hard. Mm. It's so difficult. What? So I think let's just start simple because, you know, I know the word trauma is, is used more often now than I've ever heard in my whole life. And sometimes it's not used in the proper way. So, how would you define, like, what, if I'm just asking, what is trauma? How would you explain trauma to us, Tracy?
1: Well, so yeah, you're right. Traditionally, you hear the word trauma and you think of somebody in war or a um, an accident. Yeah. And you know, the researchers who study this, they're like, well, it's bigger than that, and it's different than that in terms of it's a very it's a very personal experience and you know, you look at someone who may be having like flashbacks or memories or things like that. And they're like 15 years old. They didn't go to war. They weren't in a train train accident or a car crash. Why are they acting like someone who's having similar symptoms of PTSD coming back from a war? So, you know, they people's experience in reporting has made them study it more to understand, well, what causes it so that we can define it more broadly because it can happen to anyone at any time from pre verbal to the end to end of life. And then we all have different ways of experiencing it. And so we're familiar with war and I say, I'll say it again, war accidents, um, even medical. I think most time we're aware of like, Oh, surgery that went wrong. We woke up for it. So we're getting that. Mm. But what is really important, I think is a, is broader. You can witness something really horrific and not happen to you, but you saw it. And it's not tenable for your little or adult mind to deal with. Hmm. Or the way I see it in in practice really is these experiences are pre verbal, which three three and under probably. Or when you don't have, you know, it's called episodic memory. You don't remember it happening, but your body remembers it. So you're acting out from it of threat responses that don't make sense to now time. But why in the world would, would this be happening? Um, So that's called relational trauma or attachment rupture trauma. Um, And then, of course, we can talk about diet trauma here all day long. What it's like to be told that you aren't enough, you're doing it wrong, you look wrong, on and on. You don't deserve to eat that. You shouldn't be eating that. you, You shouldn't be hungry for that. And that one time doesn't seem like trauma. But if that's your everyday life, every meal you're getting scrutinized, Every time you change clothes in PE or go to the doctor, you're getting a lecture and you're not there for that. You're getting it over time that accumulates into this hypervigilant response. And now you have trauma. And the definition that I've seen some of the researchers use, Peter Levine used this um, term or this this phrase. He said, uh, trauma is not so much in the event. It's what happens inside of us in the absence of a compassionate witness. So you're overwhelmed, you're afraid, you feel intense shame, and there's no repair to that. It just is like you're experiencing it and there's nowhere for it to go. So it's stuck inside. And then you have to adapt to that experience outside of you or inside of you to not be in so much pain. You just want to relief valve, And those are the defensive strategies that we'll talk about, I'm sure, with eating disorders. Mm. That's... Those strategies, any eating disorder thing, any mentality, any behavior, is an adaptive strategy to too much or not enough inside or outside. So I hope that helps get a little wrangle in our minds around like, it's not just being in a car accident and now you're afraid to get in the car. It's I'm afraid to eat the meal because I had 20 years of being criticized about consuming. So I don't want to consume or if I consume, it's got to be in secret. So now you're eating in a threat response just to stay alive. That's not very. That's not normative, but we adapt
0: because of those experiences. That's really helpful. I think that clears. I mean, at its basic form, that helps us to see. But how? What if there's people thinking, "Well, how do I know if what I've gone through is considered trauma?" Because many people, I think, a lot of times we want to minimize sure. the things that we've gone through, when in fact. They really were, they mattered. They really were impactful, uh, many in a negative way. Um, They changed our course maybe a little bit. How how would you, is there a way to know if it's trauma or if it's just, it was really bad? It's your experience. If it has caused you
1: to like, I can't eat normally. I don't digest normally. I'm afraid to go to social events because of what people might be thinking about me. And we're doing lots of projecting. You're right. If it changes the course of how you would interact, you don't have ease or peace, or you feel like you can't connect unless you perform or love you unless you perform. I would say that's a problem because that's not God's design for us. Mm. We're meant to be in connection. And if we're trying to do something to prevent ourselves from getting hurt versus don't have any trust with anything or anybody, I would say that's a rupture and it's not okay. Even though you're used to it, just because you're used to it doesn't mean it's not a problem. Right. That's it. And if you look at yourself, your circumstances, how you were treated, talked to, yeah, even helped, and it did more harm, I think it's a problem. And if you look at it from like, okay, if it didn't happen to me and this happened to somebody else at that age, with that experience, what would you do or feel about that? I would be horrified.
0: I would want to rescue them and get them out of there. I'm like, well, don't you think that's a problem? Mm. There's so much compassion. When I, when I think of this topic, it's it's it can be hard to go there i i understand why so many people we don't want to face some of the things that we've experienced it was difficult it was hurtful it was sometimes scary um and we did the best we could to deal with it and to so to think okay life so may, some, for some people maybe life's okay right now maybe it's not but there's this fear that like i don't want it to get worse by going back and thinking about what I've gone through like I'd rather put it out of my mind um and so how does how does trauma impact our relationship to food to our bodies our body image our self-worth I know that's a loaded question that's there's so much that we can talk about there but you're
1: listening to this and you've been trying to do intuitive eating eating from hunger and fullness um not grossing you know like not doing the gross out face. You look in the mirror and you've been trying to do that for more than about six months to a year, and you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. Mm. That's a sign that, like, you can know what you need to do, but something in your body is not feeling safe enough to let that land. That's the reality. And we are going to have to look at, I'll call it soul wounds. We're going to have to look at those wounds. We can't just sometimes, with the Lord, I, I want to get into the biblical of this because. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things that God wants us to clean up. He wants uh, our participation in that because he needs us to do that sanctification. And we can pray and sometimes he's not going to just like magic dragons gone, you know, out of our system, out of our nerves, out of our body, out of our mind. He wants us to he wants to use that. And when we avoid it, we're not letting him. And then you're going to see the blockages in different places in your life, whether it's recovery, your relationships, your finances, whatever. It's not it's not a punishment. It's just like, that wasn't of him and we've got to let him have it. And if we avoid it, we can't let him have it. We can't let him work, right? And that's just the basic thing. But how does it impact it? It's like, if you're trying to do efforts, right. I call it the whack-a-mole recovery life, you know, where it's like, you do some things and you get some relief and then a stressor happens and you're back to where you were. That's a sign that it's not done with you. You might know the right thing to do, but you can't consistently do it. Yeah. And there's physiology behind that. So we can talk about that, but that's a sign that, like, uh, you've got some unfinished business. You can do the right thing, but will it stick when the next God said it's going to happen? You're going to have trials, you're going to have adversity. And every time you do, if you go back to that, I hate my body well, I've got to lose weight, I got to be healthy, I got to get fit. If you're having those thoughts again, That is still there because there's something inside that's being, it's using that to protect you from those threat responses again, because you haven't learned how to deal with threat response.
0: So it sounds like those are indicators that something's still not resolved. Like there's another layer or multiple layers deep that you need to to go through. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because most people don't, I mean, this was my
0: experience where
1: like once I got through some like renew of my mind, like some of my thoughts about food weren't right. It was just diet culture stuff. And
0: yeah.
1: I got it. And, and I also got it like, man, I really judge myself and others. And I didn't like that, but I couldn't stop doing it. It started to make me realize like, hey, I've got some stuff in me that if I don't hand over and first admit and repent for and feel the feelings of, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm just going to switch. So I'm not going to be thin. I'm going to be fit now. I'm not going to be obsessive about working out. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a workaholic. Not that I chose those things, but it was just another continuous jump to the next thing to avoid what needs to be healed. So that's not a life. That's not even recovery. That's like, well, I have less behaviors, but it's not embodied. It's like, you're not renewed. Mm. You're just doing the right thing on the surface. It's like going to church, but you don't know the word. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of similar.
0: So yeah. similar. That's very relatable. Um, and you mentioned this about you know where, what does God say about about trauma or about this in the Bible? Like how can where can we go to Scripture to to see what God says? Because I know He cares about this. He cares for us. He loves us. Yes. We are His masterpiece. He created us and knows every part of us and wants to help. Like He d- isn't just stranding us abandoning us in our trauma and the things that we went through. So where, if someone's listening and they're just like, well, I, I don't feel like he cares. What hope can we give mm. them? Well, I, I want to acknowledge
1: that because that's very common. I know I had those same feelings of like, well, God, where were you when these heinous things were going down and mm-hmm. happening to me? Where were you? And I had to get into the word really deeply about, well, why do these things happen? What, you know, you know, cause these open doors for this torment happen because of our own sin, but also the bad stuff that happens of people's free will against us. And then, you know, you can look down your lines like, oh yeah, we got a long line of these kind of like really yuck things that make us more vulnerable to those situations as well. You didn't do that. It's not your fault, but he can't, we we know we can't supersede human beings free will. And so it's on us to like, I'm going to have a relationship with you um because you are good and sometimes these bad things happen because other people's not good
0: yeah
1: i don't want to blame you god you know let's put it put it where it belongs one this fallen world and then two other people hurt hurt people hurt people so i kind of i had to wrestle with that for more than one moment (laughs) it took a little bit to like to know that you know i'm still here so i know he didn't leave me and if i wasn't here because those things i'd be with him Yeah, so there's that. But what what does the word say? I mean, we can do a quick little scripture search and some things that always stand out uh, that give me comfort is Psalm 107, 13, 16. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. Mm. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. This is big stuff. This is all even sort of relatable here. He let them... We let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. So this is definitely a sort of ethical set of verses, right? Around like you're in a jail, whether of our own making or something that happened to us or our own self-protection. Yeah. And he cares about that. And you just got to cry out to him in that darkness. And when it comes to trauma responses, sometimes that was the rescue. If you have to be in flight or people-pleasing or dissociation to survive something, he put that in us to be able to do that. It's just not meant for long-term use, I call it. It's like, mm. don't wear that Band-Aid
0: forever. It gets kind of gross. Yeah. Oh, hey, that's a good visual. We get that.
1: We get that, right? It's like, ooh, that Band-Aid worked when you got really hurt, but you're not meant to hang on that one forever. We need to heal. We need, that needs some air. That needs a light on it. That might need some medicine. But we don't hang on that forever. But when we don't have repair, when we weren't given skill sets as kids, of like self-compassion and witnessing and attunement and prayer and getting the help we need as soon as possible, what do we do? We figure it out ourselves. We restrict, over-exercise, dissociate, and that becomes a habit of like any emotion I, I check out with whatever. Those become strategies. So we did it our own way, a really long time. But the Bible knows. I mean, in the Bible, God put it in here. Like, guess what? You're going to figure, do it your own way for a little while, but I'm here when you're ready
0: to like, just walk out the door with what you've been doing. Mm. So if someone has, they're listening to this and they're like, okay, I think what I went through might've been trauma. It was really bad. And then I also am struggling with chronic stress or, um, I feel stuck and I can't seem to get myself to move my body with joy or at all. Or I'm I'm struggling to eat in a more nourishing way or you know, whatever that bondage, it because it's bondage, like you said, it's it's being in a a trap, a prison, whether we made it for ourselves or we find ourselves in it because it's, you know, a trap of diet culture. Um how can they break through? Are are there, do you have some steps Mm. to help us like break through? Oh my goodness. It's such a, that's a big one. Yeah, It's, I mean, the things that we,
1: my team would end up doing is just as varied as you can imagine. But I think the first step is recognizing it doesn't matter. You don't have to call anything trauma. I don't even talk about that in the first sessions. Mm. It's just, we just get a history of your experiences. You know, I'm mentally tracking like what was too much, not enough, like bad things happen, no support that happened at this age, this is what resulted with the food, you know, just making those notes and we'll get to it when we, you know, at the time is right, you know, the Lord will reveal and, um, you know, starting a place we can start. It's like, I, let's say a person comes in and they want to stop their food feeling so chaotic. Well, we got to look at, well, where's the chaos happening? What are your thoughts? So we got to work on some renewal the mind. You know, there's, there's definitely a time and a place sometimes You know, I know we get really, especially, I know I've had a lot of people come to me with feeling like their behaviors are, are sinful and they have a lot of shame about this. Like we're not going there right now. These are adaptive strategies. A lot of the things that you've heard in your head aren't your thoughts anyway. So we're not going there right now. What's happening in your body right now where you're feeling, I'm trying to sit down or I'm trying to figure out what to eat and I'm getting really revved up. Let's work with that activation in your nervous system because you're feeling like this idea is a threat yeah and we just like kind of bird's eye view this together a second what about like what is the function of this threat response right now and like how familiar is this or what's the function of this feeling such a threat just let that open up from there then we figure out what we need to do is there repentance necessary is it just like no i need to like hear that those are not my thoughts and I don't have to do that anymore because it's 2023 and this came on board when this happened to me and I didn't have any other choice. Okay. That's not the same thing as like, Oh, I'm choosing to be in this misery. It's like, we're participating in it. Sure. But God knows the line between survival and I don't, I know this is bad for me, but I don't want to let it go. I want to keep my pride. I want to do this. I'm. Like, those are different circumstances and you're not doing that. So, um, gotta get a compassionate witness and speak life back into that. Which is scripture. Sometimes, sometimes it's just being really pragmatic of like, what do you need to do to provide more safety, a little more comfort, less fear before you go to eat them Or how are we going to do the grocery store? I mean, there's a thousand things that we can do, but it's all about building safety. Oh yeah. Um, to bring yeah, bring more safety in, so there's less chaos, less fight, less fight, less, less fight, fight, freezer, please. If you don't deal with that, I don't know anybody unless the Holy Spirit's like, boom, right on you at that moment to get you out of that threat response. And you can think to, like, oh, I need to pray scripture. I got to run to get my app or my Bible and cry out. Like, I don't remember to do that when I first started. I was just so much in, like, one feeling, boom, I'm going to restrict. Oh, I don't like, I I don't, I feel uncomfortable here. I'm going to like binge, go exercise, whatever. I was just so autopilot. I needed, to create some space between me and that threat response to say, do I need it? Do I want to believe those thoughts? I have a choice
0: now. I didn't have a choice then. I didn't think I had a choice at least. Right. We didn't think we had a choice. So now it sounds like what the, the key difference I hear when you describe that is there's a, there's a pause. There's a, you're slowing down to actually be aware of the present speak truth. This is, you said, this is 2023 and that was back in whatever. So there's one truth and, and, and kind of just grounding yourself, centering yourself with reality, (laughs) because I feel like we go, you know, we just operate on autopilot. um, And we, now you, you said fight, flight, please, or, or freeze. Can you just, Briefly tell us what, you know, just describe that. Cause maybe people yeah. would want to know, like, I don't really know what that looks like. Oh, and then they'll hear it and be like, oh, that's me. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I'm going to describe those places. And I want to do a little bit, a brief introduction of like, what our bodies do. So God does want us to like understand this is how I made you to, to deal with threats. So it's not unbiblical. You know, there's the physiology. And then some of the things that we might be doing to manage that. If we're if we don't have enough safe people to be with, to talk to, to feel the presence of, to um get in scripture, to drop into prayer. I mean, those are healthy resources that don't cause us harm. But again, we've gotten over a couple this threat response. I do this thing, and now that's my fake safety. But that's what I'm used to. So, real briefly, is that God made us a nervous system. If you happen to go want to have some fun and go to Google and look up um uh, An anatomy and physiology of like the nervous system. We see a bunch of wires that look like inside into your body. That's kind of what it's like. God put that in there. So we would be wise enough if there's a tiger around the tree, you don't hang out there and get eaten. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So that's autopilot. Like I, like God put like the tides in and out. God made that. Now you go do your thing. Same thing with our bodies. So you have a nervous system that neurocepts, it can sense without you are like oh i'm going to sense this now it's like it just does it behind the scenes you know in the unco- subconscious here is doing its thing unconscious that like you're in the woods I- i'll give you an example so you're in the woods and you're by yourself and you hear a twig break what usually happens <laughs> you're more alert right yeah kind of freak out a little bit what was that maybe yeah maybe less sure then you get used to being in the woods maybe you do less maybe yeah. just more curious we want to get there right but naturally you're, you're somewhere and your nervous system is always scanning. And you don't know it for signs, signs of like basically friend or foe safety or connection. That's good because God doesn't want you to be kind of a dummy and like, Oh, well, God's got me for everything, but there's a tiger right there and you don't have any sense to like, yeah, right. you need to climb a tree or you need to hide in a cave with a big rock in front of you. Right. Uh-huh. It's like he wants us to like do some basic stuff on our own. Yeah. And, uh, So our sympathetic nervous system, all those nerves, all that, you know, sight, sound, touch, smell, whatever, proprioception, interoception, like what we feel inside, its job is to like, okay, this is not okay. You need to go. So you'll run away. And signs of wanting to run away, you can be running away in your mind and racing thoughts. You can digestively just not have good gastric motility anymore. Everything feels like it just sits there. You're not digesting well. Your pupils are dilated. Um you don't have any saliva anymore. You don't feel like eating, your appetite's gone. Um all those things can happen. And how, you can already hear how this will impact your food, right? I don't feel like eating. You, I hear yeah. that all the time. Well, because yeah. you've been stressed out since the moment you woke up, you're in flight. Um so flight is I'm gonna run away. If you can't run away from a threat and you're forced to fight, you're going to fight. If you're back into a corner, you you know, before you freeze and collapse, what you're probably going to do first is find the biggest stick you can find and at least try to save yourself. Yeah. Right. You're probably going to try to do that. And there's exceptions to that. We'll talk about it in a minute. So fight or flight, you do these things to escape the threat. Okay. If that doesn't work, your body will go into, it's called, there's another part of your nervous system. They don't run on, on or off. It's like a, think of a dimmer switch. You've got, I can connect. I've got to protect by shutting by running away or fighting, or I've got to protect by shutting down. So it's the dimmer switch on your wall. You got three little things here. You can do that. Okay. And they're always on in the background. And you're always sensing like, I'm here with Chrissy. And I, I know her a little bit. So I feel really safe and connected. I have a little sympathetic because, you know, I'm trying to be here, do a good job. So I got a little juice going, but I'm still not overactivated or um hyperactivated. I'm good. But let's say that something goes down, like downhill real quick here, and I was connected with a little juice, but all of a sudden I got something happened and something got said, and we both got really activated and and there's no way out. And so one or both of us shuts down. And what that's gonna look like is our facial features might get flat. Um, one of us might be either trying to please the other, or let's do the tiger example too. It's like, okay, the tiger's got you pinned and you can't get away. Since it's got teeth and claws, you can't really reason with it. <laughs> yeah, like You can't please it. Oh, please don't eat me. I'm not that good. You're, you're not groveling here for, you know, do hurt me. So you're going to, your body's going to shut down. You literally will shut down your physical awareness and your body will start to numb out hmm. because there's two reasons for that. They're very, biologically protective and god was so awesome to do this for us it's either the pain's not you're not going to feel all the full extent of it and you won't remember it Hmm. just in case you you live through it you're not going to remember all that horror or if you're not going to make it okay you will get to a place where you'll die of shock before you won't you won't experience being eaten alive let's just put it that way i know this is pretty gross but (laughs) that's what happens right you don't you won't explode you won't Fully frontally, cognitively experience, we need alive. life, you will just black out and go home. That's a merciful, loving God. Isn't it merciful? Wow. He put that ability to check out and dissociate in us. Okay. And then we also have part of that system helps us socially connect. And that's a little bit of please, but a lot of sympathetic. So, anyway, the thing with human beings is that, you know, we're not always that powerful. You know, we have times in our life where we're little and, Overwhelming things are happening to us um, that are too much for our development, whether we're infants coming out of the womb, um, little just kids. And we start to learn like, well, the only way that I can deal with all this criticism, all this nitpicking, all this rejection is to be pleasing or shut down or to say, you know what, screw you. I'm going to eat all the food and see how big I can get and you're going to have to deal with it. Mm. It's a fight response. A flight response would be to like be vigilant about your food and doing it right and being really compliant. And the compliant part would be some of the pleas too. Like, yeah, you're right. I am too fat and gross. You're right, mom. Take me to Weight Watchers. That would be a please response because you had to suppress your will to survive that situation. I don't want to be bullied again and nobody seems to care. So let's just go with it. I must be terrible and gross and not okay. That's a please response.
0: And you lose your voice. You lose your voice. Your almost like ability to speak up for yourself and advocate for yourself.
1: Cause you're too little, you're 10 and nobody's saying, you know, that's jacked. You should not have been bullied that way. There's no protection, right? There's no like competent adults around to see like, oh, the solution to bullying isn't weight loss. It's advocacy and having a voice. You don't know how to do it if you don't see it. So you go along because that's how you're going to survive or you get, re- you're the best dieter in the room to survive. Um, and again, these traumas are, it's, it's all in perspective to what, how old you are and what resources you have and how you know how to deal with things. So that's why people diet. That's why people are addicted to dieting. That's why no matter how many times they hear diets don't work, they want to do it one more time because they haven't dealt with what the threat response underneath. If I don't, they won't let themselves actually feel and look at what's going to happen if I don't because then they got to feel all those times again. Mm. But the merciful thing is with Lord is like, he's not going to make this take 20, 30 years to get better. He wants to do it now with the support from people who know what they're doing, hopefully to like, they know not what they do. Mm. These hurt people are hurting you because they don't know what they're doing. They were hurt too. Yeah. And you don't have to feel that much like lack of awe and full forgiveness at the first step you do this, but it's just recognizing that like that happened to you and it's not your fault. And nobody around you clearly, you know, we're in relationship with the Lord with this issue to know how to guide you through this really Ephesian kind of world. It's hard not being Ephesian in Ephesus. It's hard. Yeah. It takes a lot of like um, groundedness in yourself and, and what the Lord says about we're all going to get rejected because he was rejected. In some way, and if you don't learn those lessons early on, you're trying to, like, figure out how to belong in a world that will you need very little reason get rejected. Yeah, it's going to happen. And we're not raised up in the way we should go around this issue. So we're very vulnerable. We're very
0: vulnerable. And don't have the weapons haven't been shown or taught about the weapons that we need to battle to walk in this battle and and yes. rise up victorious like the battle's already won because it is. Yet we walk around super defeated. That's right.
1: We walk around defeated because we forgot where we sit in heavenly places with Christ. Go back to Read the whole book of Ephesians, everybody. Ephesians 1, how much he loved you before everything was made. And you ha- you're you here for a reason. The rest of it's like, and here's your weapon as a deal with the arrows are going to get slung your way because you're mine. Beautiful. That's it. We're going to get rejected because we're His. That's that's kind of part of the gist of it, <laughs> the game. And. If we know that we're, this whole diet culture stuff is a total satanic system anyway, there's a reason it's got $70 billion and strong and going, it won't go away Mm -hmm. until he's, until this is done, he's gone. So if we accept that and accept that, wow, everybody I've ever known who still does this and we know it doesn't work, they're programmed too. Everybody needs mind renewal, but they're not going to do it fast enough for you to be ready for you to do it for you you to participate in this. So why not let yourself, you know what? I went through some really hard stuff and I don't want to reject myself. I don't want to reject anybody else. And these emotions that are stuck in there, the Lord wants to heal. Like now,
0: Hmm. he
1: doesn't want you dragging that around forever. And it's impacting your food. It's impacting your hunger and fullness. It's when you look in the mirror, you're not seeing yourself through the Lord's eyes. You're seeing it through all the conditioning you've ever had or experienced, all the bad stuff. And now that's your jail. It's not true. we got to look at
0: ourselves with spiritual eyes and not Ephesus eyes. That's going to continue to trauma. Mm. So Tracy, what are some, do you have some ways that we can surrender? Like if 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 people are hearing this today and they're thinking, okay, I see that I have some work to do. Like I really do want to be free. And if that freedom means I need to start facing some of these things as much as I don't want to, as much as the thought alone makes my stomach turn. Mm -hmm. What what are some gentle ways that people can take a next step to help them surrender and rely on God to heal this trauma? What What could they do? Where could they turn? I mean, I know, I'll just say the first one I know is we have a Christian treatment finder where there are professionals who are Christians who, you know, have a a kingdom mission against eating disorders and they want to help you through this from a Mm Christ-centered biblical perspective so c-e-d-c-n it's the Christian treatment finder you can search for Christian professionals that can help you through this but Tracy beyond that and Tracy you can find Tracy Brown uh on there as well but what beyond that what else would you would you offer
1: I love that example Christy let's just start it with like a Right now, lived experience. You're listening to this. And I, Tracy, and Chrissy are saying, Yeah, it's time we're gonna have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and your gut clenches. Put your hand on your gut, yeah, and your stomach Mm -hmm. right there. If you can tolerate that, if not, it's okay. And just let yourself notice that that's your body giving you notice that there's something in there that needs to be heard. You're holding on to something. That won't go away with uh pretending, with willpower. That's that's a felt sense that there's something there that's telling you. Yeah. I don't, and I, it's I've been here too long. There's pain here. And Jesus died to heal you. Like, mm. this is done. But we got to take hold of that by our participation. And I think the first step, okay, I've got some stuff in there and some reassurance that God is merciful. God is really patient. It's called renewal of the mind, it's called sanctification. You don't need to go from zero. No. To 100 in two seconds. That's not a requirement. That's okay, that's the that's the flight, I think that's the flight response, that all or nothing, black and white thinking kind of way of like, oh, I'm gonna be really uncomfortable and I can't handle this. It's like we only go as fast as the slowest parts can go. Hmm. It's it's one of those things that we have this and I think we think that way because we've been programmed to be on programs. If you've been on a diet, you know in 12 weeks you're supposed to have your best life ever. Oh yeah, right. With sanctification, that's a lifetime. With healing lies, good. But with, same, with even sort of recovery, that doesn't have to take forever. But we have to look at like, what is the function of those thoughts that you have about yourself? And are they true? Just start questioning your thoughts. You know, James, is it 4, 7 through 10, is submit yourself. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Resist the devil and he'll flee. Yeah. That's a process. You hear like there's, there's four phrases here. And I think they have to be done in that order. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So yourself. Yes. I've got whatever, adversity, trauma. I was treated poorly and I need to quit gaslighting myself. But that happened. Ju- you know, I got to let it go that like the, maybe the places in the past, even that I tried to get help, they didn't fully understand it. And it either I did, and did nothing or made it worse. That's okay. That's got timing for everything. And we remove blockages to what we need. And I've seen it happen hundreds of times where it's like people didn't think they could, you know, work with so-and-so or work with me. And he provided all the way to be done that, you know, so we use a lot of reasons why we can't do it time, all the fin- finances, whatever, you know, if this is of him and he wants this and he wants it now. And this person, if we believe the word and what it says is true, we got to believe it and trust him. For example, um, I don't know. And there's so many things I could say about how to get started. It's just, it just acknowledge like, you know, prayer alone hasn't fixed this time. Hasn't fixed this. Um, reading all the books hasn't fixed this. I mean, there's, there's something here that I need clearly. Cause it's not because there's lack of effort. Yeah. It's not because there's lack of wanting that you haven't maybe gotten the full freedom, like the full embodied recovery yet. It's there's probably something missing or there's something still too much inside. There's some kind of layer that, if we can just acknowledge that, he'll, he'll lead us,
0: but you know, he'd be to participate. Yeah. And to pray to specifically begin praying, Lord, help me to take the next step to reach out to who it is. You want me to work with, because I see, I have prayed, Lord, rescue me from this, but it's not going away. And it, and it's, it's not changing. And I feel worse as days go by instead praying Lord help me take the next step help me see or connect with someone who can can help me that's p- trained and professional and and loves you and can direct me back to you um, because I want I yeah. want to heal and be free from this and he will that's Tracy and I both for you listening <laughs> Tracy and I both have dealt with trauma and we're in some ways Tracy I can't speak for you but I know that every now and then things will come up responses will come up up within me I'm not expecting it and it's it's um wow I didn't expect I you know I didn't expect for that to be my response and I I see that that's you know a past yeah trauma response I haven't yeah I haven't um had to deal with in a while so I have to pause and And reflect, uh, like you know, what is going on here? What triggered that? What am I experiencing or feeling? Or what have I not dealt with? Um, So just know that it gets better. There is freedom on the other side of this, and God will will connect you with who you know, who or what, where He wants you to be. And that was my full surrender cry out to God. I am in this pit. I know you're here. I know you see me and you love me. I refuse to do this myself anymore. Like I can't do this. Like I'm giving it all to you. And that I'm telling you that kind of prayer, that changed my life forever. I have never been the same. It hasn't been easy, but things got better with that kind of that deep level of surrender. That's right. Yeah.
1: You know, I was thinking about as you're, as you were talking and it, it is when we're praying, what we know from the word His will for us. Yeah. Of course he's going to answer. Of course yes. he's going to supply and pro- provide that. So I have people some like, yeah, I've been praying for weight loss for like 20 years and here I am bigger than ever. And when I started praying, Lord, anything that's not of yes. you help me be willing to like, let it go, let it go. And then they got on the right track and you know, they, got closer to like the actual things that would help them with their food, with their identity, with their relationships, whatever it was, because they were praying for the symptom to go away. Right. Yes. Versus like, I want the root gone. I'm done. And so they put, we put aside like the things that we think that we need to be okay. The weight loss, the whatever, the better, whatever. And like, I want I want the root of this. I want to understand it and i want to be done with it. And that's what he wants. He wants our freedom. So that's the kind of prayer you had, Lord. I, you, you stopped praying for like the things, the, the the things, yeah, and prayed more about like what my destiny is. It's not this. It's not
0: this jail cell. That's for sure. Your eating is a symptom, right? And I prayed for so many years for weight loss, so I can be a vessel for you, Father. Help me to lose this weight so I can do better for you and I can be healthier for you. And it was like I was praying and believing, longing for something. He could already use me exactly how I was, but I was searching for something new and different and better. Quote, I'm doing air quotes. You can't see the amount of air quotes I'm doing. But yeah, yeah. But it was it was false. Like the enemy had things twisted in my mind. And so when I just gave it all up and said, Father, use me. There's breath in my lungs. I have a body that works. I have a voice that can speak. I have a mind that is sound. Yes, I have some things in my past that I you can help me deal with and process through. But Father, use me. Here am I. Send me. Total game changer, friends. I'm telling you, yeah. total game changer. Total game changer, Tracy. So to wrap up our episode today, will you describe with us, to us, the last time you experienced true freedom?
1: This, I've been telling the story for the last two weeks. It just feels so profound and it's not necessarily maybe what you think, but um, okay, I, I, I like to admit to people because I know some people who see us who've been. On this path for five years, 20 years, you know, the best in in our most imperfect way, like um, trying to be disciples and, you know, really living a very recovered life, not just recovery forever, but recovered life. I think, oh, they see this version of us, but they don't see the other stuff. So I I, I always out myself when I screw up because I want people to like not pedestalize, you know, not do that covet to this comparison game, like, no, I'm so pretty human. I'm just getting. I trip up less and, and I recover faster. That's all. But, um, at least I hope to think that. So last week, um, it, it won't feel like freedom to the ends, but so last week, uh, my daughter does gymnastics and she's really struggling with a skill and she's been struggling with the same skill for like a year and a half. And it's really some kind of like, I don't know, body felt sense thing. And I can see it happening, but I can't do it for her because I don't know how to do these skills. And she's really upset. So my husband and I both got kind of frustrated. So we spent all day on YouTube trying to figure out how to help her have a felt sensor in her body to do this skill. And I caught myself starting to like, I'm not going to curse, but like, um, and Raven about like, I can't believe I was being, uh, so I was being offended. I can't believe that I'm spending all my Sunday trying to figure this out when we pay these people to like be the experts to help her like learn this skill. So she's not like, she's progressing and. Like, you know, God was showing me in this a blind spot. And I knew I had, but I didn't, hadn't dealt with it yet. And I was, ran- I was going on and on and on and being lazy and apathetic. And I was like, whoa. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit showed up and, you know, immediately repented. Because one, this is not loving your neighbor. Two, this taken offense. Yeah. Three, terrible example for, you know, how to deal with difficult People that we're on the same page with, you know, and this shows up in all kinds of areas of life. Me being judgmental and prideful, all the things I could probably list more. I'll just keep it short. Yeah. And I caught it, and I repented for every single one in front of her, and why I did what I did, why my response was what it was. And it's like you know, I I struggle. I do struggle sometimes when there's people seeing things go wrong and not do anything about it, just walking by like it's not happening. That that's hard for me. Yeah. And. It's all on me being over here, being kind of righteous versus just doing what needs to be done in humility and letting it go. Mm. And I can't tell you in the past, I would have been like so mortified and (laughs) self-rejecting and uh, self-condemning. And that's not of him either. I was just like, humble, like, Lord, thank you for humbling me. And this feels really, really good. But You can only get to that place when you've already been practiced at being willing to be uncomfortable. So that's the most, that is the most I've felt free in a really long time. And it's not a happy story. It's a like, oh God, your promises are true. It is better to be in that humble position, even if you have to eat pie first. Right. Right. No matter how hard you're trying to be good, Mm -hmm. we all, we all stumble. Um, And when we know better, we stumble. So I love telling that story. Because it's like, isn't that nice to, like, not be so, you're so great? No, we're great sometimes, right. and sometimes we suck.
0: Right. Sometimes things are just difficult.
1: I don't know if that helps anybody hear that, like, as much, you might even know the right thing, and you, you don't do what you, you know, your conscience is, the Holy Spirit is, that mm-hmm. God will use it anyway. Mm. No matter how bad your past is, no matter how much you're like, oh, 10,001 Treatment Center. So what? You're here right now. You'll learn some new stuff today and let him have it and let people,
0: who are not going to judge you for that. Let their care in. I'm not going to judge you. That's so good. Tracy, thank you for being here. I'm so glad you were here to just talk about a difficult subject and hopefully people will um, feel, you know, feel led to pray in a different way to the Lord about, about whatever it is they're going through and that he will give them, you know, the courage and direction to take the next step they need to take toward freedom. And we are praying for you. We pray for our listeners. And if you need prayer, um, prayer at findingbalance.com, you can email us at, at, you know, prayer at findingbalance.com anytime, and we will pray for you. Thanks again, Tracy. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the old school food freedom podcast for over 20 years finding balance has been helping people walk in freedom by discovering where jesus fits into their struggles with food and body image if you want more biblical truth and encouragement head on over to findingbalance.com and subscribe to our free daily vitamin devotional while you're there explore our christ-centered lasting freedom online course and small group tools You can help keep this ministry going by donating today at FindingBalance.com. See you next time. The content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose, treat, or prescribe a particular course of action. If you or someone you care about is battling an eating disorder and is experiencing unmanageable thoughts or feelings, please call 911 if in the U.S. or visit your nearest emergency room.